This is a Maybe You Like It production. To find more productions, including podcasts, radio plays, and stage plays, visit www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. Well, this is just something I worked up. Uh, I'll do it for you. Maybe you like it, maybe you don't. I'm Jake, and this is the Maybe You Like It podcast, the podcast where we take a play or film that has never been staged before, or is never likely to be staged again, and we talk about how we'd stage it. As always, I'm joined by Caleb. Hello, I'm, I'm back for another week. Woo, yeah, I mean, you're quite a frequent guest, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> um, but this week, we're also joined by another guest. We're, we're joined by uh, a man I describe as Ross from Friends with Better Hair, our resident <laughs> paleontologist, Ben Wilson. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> I a lot to live up to. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we manage. Um, ben, you, what's what's your theatre knowledge like? I know. T- tell us about your, uh, your background. I saw Caleb's play. Yeah, <laughs> which, which was also Jake's play. To be fair, he produced. Of course, it, but... yeah, of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did some theatre in my in my younger years, but have kind of uh, moved on to other things and. Excellent, excellent. Because yeah, you've, you've got you've got a bit of a singing voice on you. You, I do, you I do enjoy a bit of lameness. Yeah. yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. So you know uh, you, you yeah. dabble. Um, dabble. But um, in the main, Ben is here to educate <laughs> us about dinosaurs because today is, we are doing yeah. the film Dinosaur, the 2000 Disney film, and not any other film as I may have thought it was before <laughs> we actually watched it. <laughs> well, there are there are three other films called just Dinosaur, and then many many other films that have dinosaur. In <laughs> yeah, this is Disney's Dinosaur from the year two thousand, directed by Eric Layton and Ralph Zondag, and it at the time it caused a bit of a stir because um, although it's a pretty you know by the numbers plot, as Ben will um, enlighten us, it it at the time it was all computer generated animation on real life backdrops filmed on real life backdrops um and it was considered like a sort of technical marvel at the time i think personally that it still holds up technically speaking as well um and so it was a pretty big deal at the time i mean if you compare it to some of the cgi at the time from things like the star wars prequels and things it, mm. it's uncomparable the uh, yeah the mummy it's it it is just you know head and shoulders above those so um yeah i mean so I suppose somewhat it was kind of an answer to the 1999 BBC uh, Walking with Dinosaurs as well, which used to kind of make a mixture of CGI and puppetry. Yeah, interesting. Uh, there was there was a big kind of dinosaur resurgence around the turn. Uh, yeah, the moment, yeah, and because uh, it does have a similar plot this was Disney's to like take. yeah Ice Age and uh, the Land Before Time and like all those things. Yeah, absolutely. They even yeah. say the words "Land Before Time" in this film. I <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. It's, but, but yeah, the plot I mean, has certain similarities. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but it, but if, yeah, and, I mean, yeah, we are doing another road trip movie, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll brush well, over that. I mean, before um, we get into that too much, Ben, why don't you give us a little rundown of the plot of this film? Absolutely, sure. Uh, so. The, the plot centers around Aladar, who is an iguanodon living. I, 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 we're never actually given a specific uh, time period for the film, but based off the cast, uh, certain members of which are slightly out of place, and the, the events of the film. <laughs> uh, I, I, I would estimate, I think it's somewhere around 65 million years ago, the late Cretaceous kind of period. And the film follows a dinosaur who's displaced from his natural habitat. You know, the nest is robbed by. Uh, 
well, yeah, the name, the, the nest is robbed by Oviraptor, and the the egg is taken and kind of moves throughout dinosaur world into <laughs> into the island where where these kind of this primitive primate, these lemurs live. And Aladar the Iguanodon is brought up by the lemurs of the island, and everything's going well until the meteor strikes and. I suppose extinction begins. It's not a good time for the dinosaurs, and him and a small a small group of his lemur friends uh, decide that they're gonna you know try and find other people, other people, other dinosaurs, and and survive. And they they come across this big herd of dinosaurs who are on their way to their nesting grounds where they go every year, in the hope that that is kind of untouched by the extinction by the meteor. And they join the herd. And there's certain members of the herd that they get on with, others not not so well. Uh, the leadership of the herd, they're particularly unkeen on. But yeah, essentially the story follows them and the herd as they as they kind of come up against predators and other problems on their way to the to the nesting ground. But eventually they make it to the nesting ground. Eventually they um, do make it. Yeah, and nest. and uh, I mean, as has already been mentioned, it's got shades of um, Land Before Time, uh, Jungle Book, Tarzan, all of these sort of stories. This kind of there's a bit of this sort of fish out of water element where he grew up with lemurs, but it's never it's not really like yeah. pushed as a theme. <laughs> it's just a thing that no. happened, and then yeah, it's briefly touched. Yeah, on. and then it becomes this kind of like fight for survival, search for the holy land. This kind of story. Yes, yeah, yeah. The main theme after that is really like the precariousness of life and how you know you die if you're at the fringes of the of the normal. Well, yeah, some, somewhat, I suppose, <laughs> and then also leadership. I suppose different forms of leaders. Only the strong yeah. come along versus kind of yeah. teamwork. I did find that strange with the lemurs is they set up this Zini character yeah. who's one of the, the lemurs. It's like the kind of oddball, Zenny, doesn't yeah. quite know how to how to talk to women kind of... Yeah, Zenny, sorry, yeah. Doesn't quite know how to talk to women kind of character. And you kind of think, oh, it's going to be like the kind of yeah, Sid yeah. <laughs> of Ice Age kind of best friend. And then he's no, just not in the he film. Much. He's just well, sort of I'm, I'm hanging gonna around. I'm going to hit you with a piece of trivia about this film that I think will probably shape the way that we choose to stage it. This film, when it was originally conceived, as Ben mentioned, it was a response to Walking with Dinosaurs. When it was originally conceived of, this film, the whole point was that it was going to be a film without dialogue. And we would follow this narrative with dinosaurs and it would be like they were real life dinosaurs. We were following uh, this story and it, and there would be wow. no dialogue whatsoever, which is why... Which um, there isn't in the first five minutes or so. Exactly, which is the best five minutes of the film. <laughs> 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 but it's it's why um when you look at the the voice cast i mean they're all like you know solid jobbing actors but not, none of the there's no actual sure, stars yeah. in this film yeah i mean it was only it was only with aladdin that that actually started to be a thing and that had only been out for what was it five years at this point yeah before yeah. robin williams and aladdin that you'd never had anyone you'd ever heard or ever heard of in a cartoon yeah exactly yeah and and so yeah it, i guess it ended up being more in that tradition because they didn't feel like they were gonna need to get a star for it which is something you'd need to attach early and and so yeah the plan was always to do it without dialogue and i think uh you know i would probably say that some of the characters that are a bit thinly drawn who are kind of there to like provide sort of some just a weird like sense of like levity or like comedic element um of probably weren't originally conceived of it in the plot or were originally going to be for a different purpose and they changed when they had to introduce dialogue basically because all the disney execs were like we cannot release a children's film without dialogue in it <laughs> so yeah which i guess is is fair enough i think kids attention spans yeah i mean you can kind of expect it I, but then also i do think this would be a better film if it didn't have any dialogue so i to be quite honest i didn't know this film existed 
I had really? no recollection of it of it existing at all. I'd never seen it. That is interesting. Um, and I'd seen a lot of dinosaur material around that time. But I just yeah. hadn't heard of it. I was just going to say about the CGI stuff. Um, I was going to mention that uh, there's a lot of shots of water in this film where, as you say, they filmed real water and then plonked the dinosaurs on top. And, you know, sometimes the shadows look a bit strange. They don't look like mm. they quite blend in uh, to the background. But that's like something that only came over the next 10 years. But the first time water was done to any real success in, in CGI was Avatar nearly 10 years later. Um, and in fact, that's kind of what Avatar's famous for. It's famous for its like water yeah. graphics. To, make, to be able to make stuff that's not real in in a film this early on is incredibly impressive, as you say. Yeah, I mean, I thought the the water was. Uh, there's a film. Uh, uh, there's a film. There's a scene in the film where the the main predator, the Carnotaur, it like sticks its head through a waterfall to look into a cave. Yeah, and it it looks incredibly realistic. It's it's absolutely amazing the way that they've blended the the CG with the um, live action backgrounds that they're recording. Mm. It's yeah. There's the bit yeah the bit at the start as well where the uh, where you see the Carnotaurus for the first time in the forest. Yeah, and the kind of saliva. Mm. drips down next yeah time. well yeah. as with jurassic yeah. park when you when you can't see the whole animal or when it's dark that's when it's most believable sure yeah 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 i mean yeah but i thought i thought this like i said right at the beginning i thought this was just like i was so surprised it was only really in like wide shots that had lots of dinosaurs in that i felt the cg was lacking um sure and actually it was surprisingly well textured throughout mm. and i thought that it, it blended well with the environments they were shooting um which was yeah pretty impressive yeah well um given we can't do any cgi on stage yet we should probably <laughs> think about how we might do this on stage does anyone have any broad overarching ideas we might be able to to launch pad off from? i suppose in my, in my mind there's kind of two options which you could go for one is kind of full-sized life-sized puppets of the dinosaurs like like the walking with dinosaurs stage show and then the other is i suppose more like the lion king the um broadway and West the kind Ham. of bare bones yeah you know yeah. kind of actors but with a bit of costume maybe some of the larger dinosaurs are puppets yeah well, I was going to say, I I will link the trailer for Walking with Dinosaurs in the episode description because it's honestly amazing. I only saw it for the first time today. I knew of it and I'd seen posters. I only saw it yeah. for the first time today. The dinosaurs, they look incredibly realistic. At first, I thought they were robotics and then it was only like until I saw like a specific shot that showed the legs of someone. I was like, oh, these are so puppets. The small ones are puppets with people oh, inside. The okay. large ones are animatronics. They are oh. they are live operated. Yeah, yeah. So they're, they're technically they... puppets and they're technically animatronics. I mean, even then, like, strange. yeah, the animatronics, they look incredibly realistic. They have such mm. a feeling and a life in them. I yeah. think, and I mean, you said, you were saying before um, we recorded, Jake, that that show cost 15 million Pounds a it's a million pounds a puppet and 15 million pounds total yeah. oh my goodness like i mean that's obviously like an obscene amount but also we are working in a hypothetical theater in which we can spend as much money as we like um i think for me the choice and this is why i brought up the thing about dialogue the choice for me is if we were to go for puppets i would argue in favor of having no dialogue going for puppets and if we wanted to keep the dialogue we like the characters we like that element i would go for the lion king style staging okay um right. okay let me hit you with a broad pitch if if i may 
Go for it. We go for no dialogue. We go for the puppets, right? And the whole idea, right? So I was thinking about this film. What was the effect of this film at the time? Well, you know, the plot was a bit sort of by the numbers. It was a bit obvious. But actually, it was technically speaking a marvel. And it was an immersive experience for the people watching. So we love to talk about a promenade piece on this podcast. Um, um, yes. my, here's my plan. We we like bus people out to to like the woods and this woods will just be like populated with these animatronic dinosaurs. And um, and it's kind of like we'll tell the story, but it's like all of the people will be, I guess, in the role of like the lemurs or like these early primates. Yeah, I was the audience, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. You could, you could instead have you could almost mix it, couldn't you? You could have you could have, say, a narrator and maybe the lemurs speaking and not the puppets themselves. Yeah, well, this is what or... I was thinking. You could have people dressed in this sort of like early primate get up actors in that, and they could yeah. kind of lead the, the, they could have the dialogue that kind of tells the story of what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and the people join the herd of dinosaurs as they, they look for the promised land. And you do that in a promenade space in, in, in like a woodlands or something, and you use these huge animatronic dinosaurs or, and puppets and things, um, or animatronic puppets, um, to tell the story. And, and the dinosaurs themselves have no dialogue to give this sense of like sense of immersion sense of like reality and authenticity to the dinosaurs and a, and a feeling of it being experiential like it's not about the story necessarily but it's about that experience of being with the yeah. dinosaurs in that environment well, that's yeah, very we cool me- we mentioned earlier as well didn't we the film actually has quite an impressive soundtrack as well mm. so mm. you know you could incorporate that into the into the live performance, you know, especially for those scenes like the opening scene where there isn't any dialogue at all. Yeah. I think the soundtrack really kind of brings it to life. Yeah. yeah I'm not exactly, quite sure how yeah. you do that opening scene in the woods where the opening scene is basically like a pan shot well, of an yeah. egg going for about <laughs> 30,000 miles of travel. I think you do away with the egg and, and like, like kind of the opening scene from The Lion King where all of the uh, animals come out through the audience and so on. You have the puppets, you introduce your cast of dinosaurs. You have them yeah. coming through the audience from the back, from the sides. I mean, you, you or you even give that sense of travel without the egg moving. So it's like the egg is being yeah. passed from dinosaur to dinosaur as you introduce the different species. And then yeah. it, but it just stays in the same place in like a clearing or whatever, ends up in the clearing. And then the, the people dressed in this sort of early primate costume will then come out and and see the egg. And so you kind of remove the need to be taking it anywhere mm. or, or a need for a tracking yeah. shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. This was the other, I wanted to talk, to you, Ben, about you being a sort of, uh, you know, semi-expert in uh, paleontology, um, is uh, in this film, um, they actually only mentioned two dinosaurs. It's the, um, sure. the, the Carnotaurs, which I believe are... Carnotaurus, yeah. Are they a real dinosaur? I'm not sure that they are. Yeah. Um, I think they're a bit of a kind of conglomerate of, of T-Rex and, uh, and like Allosaurus the, and Spinosaurus yeah. and... So, yeah, I thought so. And um, then also, the, it, the, wouldn't that just be like the word for like carnivorous? Yeah, literally. Yeah, I might be wrong. Like... It might be real, but I, yeah, I'm not. There's no one I've come. Um, to but but then the the other dinosaur that's mentioned, the only other one mentioned by name is, is the is the Jerkosaurus. The Jerkosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, have you come across that in dinosaur. your studies? Yeah, yeah, I know a couple. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, not, no, not but, real. I mean, I, I think. Yeah. I think it's interesting that they have largely picked, I think, dinosaurs. It's it's set around this the end of the Cretaceous, kind of the end of the the dinosaur period, uh, where where most of the really well known dinosaurs were kind of living. You know, the mm. iguanodons, the velociraptors, the T Rexes were all kind of around this time, and they don't specifically mention them by name, but they kind of. 
I think they show the various. Do you reckon ones. someone's got a copyright on them? I doubt. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. You can't use the T Rex. We were. Well, someone's I, already I think done that. Part of it overdone, isn't it? The T Rex. I think part of it is probably coming from that that thing of it being a response to walking with dinosaurs. Is that was an educational program in, in which they're going, oh look, this is this dinosaur. This is this dinosaur. They're probably trying to strip that back, and it's like, no, we don't need to tell you what the dinosaurs are. We just need to show you. It's about I mean, experience. Yeah, there's, there's a massive. Did, did Disney really make that film in response to sure a BBC documentary? Sure no. I... <laughs> Uh, that's that's just kind of that's the the sort of setting that it's in, I suppose, when it came out. There was a lot of yeah, this kind of dinosaur so. things coming out. It's, it is different from. Di- they definitely would have been um, aware of walking with dinosaurs. I'm sure. And, and walking with dinosaurs made a huge. Walking fight. with dinosaurs did have a global audience, and this would have been in response to that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if yeah. they were trying to um, work with hmm. those ideas that were being explored in Walking with Dinosaurs, but trying to change them to Disney. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. Guess. I, th- I think I think the thing is with Walking with Dinosaurs, it's um, it's essentially a nature documentary. They they try and make these dinosaur dinosaurs seem as much like animals as possible. So when you're watching it, you're seeing you know the weaknesses of the dinosaurs. You're seeing how they kind of succumb to illness, hunger, so on. Just the same as you might if you were watching an animal documentary nowadays. And obviously, the big audience for Disney's film is not you know kids. Kids, I'm sure, watch Walking Dinosaurs too. I was addicted to it as a child. But like I think I think dinosaur is specifically set out for that kind of younger audience who know what all the dinosaurs are. They don't need telling what the dinosaurs are because they've learned them off by heart because that's what you do. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it's, it's adding a bit of a story to it. it. Was, this this film was made for you. <laughs> it was. It was. They had me in. T- yeah, I was. I was what they had in mind. Yeah, yeah. They sat down with a picture of you on a whiteboard, and they were like, "How are we going to please this one child? Absolutely. How are we going to? How are we going to make it so this Ross with better hair? <laughs> do, you know what, do, do, you know, do you know what Disney? You succeeded because the the mileage I got out of that film. Well, you were saying to me, Ben, that you've probably seen this more than Ratatouille, and that I, to I, yeah. me, I mean, Ben loves Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> it's a similar kind so, of thing though isn't it you know it's, it's, it's a creature being where it shouldn't be yeah coming out on top right? you love a fish out of water story that's what yeah. i do yeah classic classic underdog. yeah yeah <laughs> excellent excellent um so l- let me let me give you some tidbits of facts about dinosaurs that sorry about the the walking with dinosaur Please, show yeah. that might mean we might need some extra development for our in the woods yeah. version um, thing number one is that the puppets that were actually worn by people weigh 40 kilograms <laughs> okay. and were worn and are worn for between three and 15 minutes <laughs> per weather on stage as a maximum because they're yeah. so heavy. And um, and the and the larger ones that are animatronically controlled remotely, A, need to have some kind of sightline to be controlled like that, which I guess is doable, but B, also... As well as they also have a third operator who is a basically a man in a go kart underneath the dinosaur who's actually moving it forwards. Oh wow! Okay. Um, who's in like a hidden shadow kind of box thing, and they have very flat wheels so they can drive around the kind of wooden panelled O2 arena stage. Yeah. Okay. Here's a thought. Here's a here's a potential solution. Is um we make it so that rather than the dinosaurs moving too much, the audience are all like they're all on this big seating thing that is on like a on rails and it, and it and there's a track through the woods um and it's it's kind of like this like tour but also like with a story mixed in so a lot of the dinosaurs don't need to move very much at all would that mm. potentially work a bit like the jurassic park ride at universal <laughs> studios yeah <laughs> I, th- I think one thing that we might miss out on with that, 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 like, I was kind of the first thing that came into my mind when I was thinking, yeah, uh, dinosaur 
stage play is I think we, we really need some kind of pterosaur, a pteranodon, like an ornithokyrus or something, something massive yeah. that kind of sweeps over the audience. I yeah, I reckon. Well, let me tell you about the Tweenie uh, spaceship. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they had a spaceship sure. and they flew out over the audience and I was five, so I don't know how they did it, but it was really cool. <laughs> no I way. saw that, actually. Yeah, I was at the Shepherd's Bush. No, It probably toured, though. No, I don't remember where I was. I saw it at the uh, oh, right. yeah. Metro Radio. Yeah, it was one of those like <laughs> huge venues. Highlights. Well, I mean... Well, to be fair, that's where I was thinking we were going to do dinosaur but the woods is interesting maybe we could bring the woods to the metro radio arena <laughs> yeah i so we, which are we talking like the new forest everything in a line or something a bit more crazy uh, a bit more, more wood like i mean i was yeah. thinking what is in in terms of what forest are we thinking of doing this in well i don't know because yeah well no I, I guess it doesn't really matter i was just i was just saying i mean i, I mean you, i mean you mentioned the new forest that's not a bad idea because you can have areas that are under the cover of trees and then areas that look more sparse like the sort of desert um that they are crossing mm. and that, well that's kind of what i was kind of sort of thinking about is rather than chipping people actually out to our woods if we could um create a woods if we took like a brownfield site that used to be like in an industrial estate or something like that. And we built a woods on part of it. And then we had the sort of sparse, like concreted landscape for the other half of it. So that it, there was that sense of like journeying across this sparse landscape, uh, like the desert. That's not, cause do, like do you that. remember, uh, it's not been like this for, a, for about a decade now, I don't think, but when you used to go to the Natural History Museum in London, you'd walk into the room at the back of the dinosaur bit and there was that big T-Rex animatronic and you kind of walked into the wood, you went through like a flap door and you were in like the wood section and then you went through into the next section and there were like the moving velociraptors and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, it could almost be along that line where you go between. It's not, yeah, that's yeah. an interesting idea. Yeah. I, think, I know, I think that could work quite well if we have kind of a developmental control over the site. Um, it could even be, I was even, because I thought, what I thought you were going to say is we could bring the woods to people so we could build some kind of wood set but actually underneath is actually track and f- proper flooring and stuff like that well i guess i'm kind i am kind of saying that but it, yeah. in but also it's kind of repurposing an, an old industrial area as well and, yeah. and that kind of i guess as well like part of the story that i think they're kind of missing in dinosaur probably because it's 20 years old is that there's this sense of like oh this like impending doom like the need to survive and to help others well actually these days you could probably find a way of shoehorning and a sort of ecological environmental theme within Mm. that so you're doing it on this industrial site and like re you know regrowing some of that area showing that sort of stark difference between greenery and between like man's impact on the environment um even if you're just showing that visually you're bringing in a sort of theme of like uh ecological change and like actually the reason you need to survive is because of this factor or that factor yeah um, i think that's really nice well yeah i mean this kind of this is something i was thinking about it as well not not necessarily from the ecological uh point of view but i think that's very interesting as well it's it, it's interesting just how much kind of understanding and theories about how dinosaurs lived what they looked like and stuff has, has come on since uh 2000 mm. so oh, yeah like now it's kind of broadly accepted that um T- the dinosaurs like T-Rex and Velociraptors were almost certainly covered yeah. in feathers, you know, because they were, they, they are the uh, forebears of chickens and birds, mm. you know, 
So, so how how weird maybe have our dinosaurs look would be perhaps quite different to how they looked in yeah. the film due to modern you know modern theories. And That's stuff. interesting that like so the things that we, we kind of imagine as what dinosaurs look like is probably completely wrong. Is that? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, if you look back at when the Victorians first found dinosaurs, they all they had to go on essentially was what they could see around them. You know, lizards and and amphibians and so on. So they, if, if you go to um, is it Crystal Park in London? There, there's there's lots of kind of um, sculptures of what they thought dinosaurs looked like, and they're all basically lizards. You know, they found these bones and they fit them into shapes that they kind of understood, and then it kind of evolved to look at the dinosaurs that we see in um, in dinosaur, and then it's kind of evolved again since then to be these more sort of bird-like creatures that are quite obviously evolutionary predecessors of what we have. Yeah, today. and I might be so, I might be potentially yeah, wrong here, but. Yeah. Isn't it kind of the case that in the in the late nineties, well, in the sort of mid to late nineties, they already had an idea that dinosaurs were probably closer related to birds, but um, it mm. was Spielberg's, uh, Spielberg's um, Jurassic Park cemented this idea of dinosaurs as lizards, yeah. and it's kind of been hard to shake yeah. that image ever since. I, th- I think it's yeah, it's part part of it's the sort of Hollywood impact, mm. isn't it? It's much scarier to have a great big lizardy t-rex and it is to have a giant chicken chasing mm. after you yeah. uh, <laughs> well and yeah, also like you can see why it's stuck you know? velociraptors weren't even that much bigger than chickens were they they weren't like six foot like they well, are in jurassic park were they i don't know maybe I'm they, wrong. Were, they were sizable I, th- I think a velociraptor was probably about the size of a, a human you know? okay but but they were they were clever. They were very very clever. Um, <laughs> I often far think cleverer about, than chickens. <laughs> I often think about the moment in Jurassic Park where the, the the ranger has explained how velociraptors hunt in packs and how one of them will distract you and then the other one will get you from the side. And then there's the moment in this where he is he sees one. He's going to shoot it and then one of them attacks him from the side. And just before it attacks him, he goes clever girl and then it just attacks him <laughs> like yeah the guy the guy that's already knew there's like, a, that <laughs> scene wolves, aren't they? yeah yeah <laughs> in 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 that scene um there is a frame in which the velociraptors are missing really wow in jurassic park that's yeah there's just a frame where they disappear it's very <laughs> this, this is what re- it's, there was when i was they took cell on to when render. i was watching it earlier this was what really puzzled me about dinosaur actually and i never it never bothered me as a kid but um the dinosaurs that don't speak are the mm. Velociraptors and the, the Carnotaurus, right? Which, yeah. if you look at any um, ecosystem anywhere, the, the clever animals are the predators. So why is it that... Why, why is it Because they want to make the evil <laughs> ones, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the mean ones, they want to make them Dehumanized, like, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. Dehumanized, yeah. But no, I yeah. mean, it's, it's funny. Yeah, and you know. Yeah, maybe they're speaking on... Uh, yeah, speaking a language that's beyond our plane of understanding. Perhaps that's true, but then we've got, we've got our lemurs that have been transported back 10 million years yeah. in time and place. Yeah. And they speak yeah. too. Yeah, I was going to say, so yeah, because lemurs are, are lemurs, because lemurs are old world, are they? Um, well, not really. Okay. So, so we're calling them lemurs. Uh, there was things that kind of developed not during the, so the dinosaurs became extinct about 65 million years ago. Once we get to sort of 55 million years ago in the Eocene, uh, we start seeing sort of the, the the first primates things that look a little bit like what we would understand as a primate now right. that's what they're meant to be 
Uh, yeah, they're meant to be one of them. Oh, tis, what ten million? They'd probably be better placed in the film Ice Age or something like that, wouldn't they? Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would say so. I mean, this is the year scene is kind of before the Ice Age. The Ice Age isn't right, right. Go at all, really, kind of. I mean, because if we're going to jump around ridiculously, we might as well make them kind of like Neanderthal humans or something. Make it well, easier. that's what I was yeah. kind of thinking, or make you know making them fairly close too, so that you can have actors playing them, and it feels like they can kind of guide you through this world that is, yeah, you know, the, mean, the dinosaur world we're building. They can be any. Sort of primate you want i suppose really primate. yeah 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 uh, so returning to our theme of ecological change uh one of the most major plot points at the beginning is the uh meteor strike that destroys the entire universe in the film obviously it's done as this like you know there's some meteors and they're all like wow wow and then just like a giant like asteroid is like coming down through the sky and then there's a massive explosion and then there's things raining down on all the dinosaurs as they uh, on all the lemurs even and aladar as they try and escape that's almost certainly what happened right there, there would have been see if you think about the side this is a great big uh meteorite that's going to hit it's probably several miles across bits are going to be coming off it and there's going to be these sort of shooting for, probably for several days before the dinosaurs get hit by the the proper asteroids right. there's going to be little bits coming off but the bit that i Jeez, love yeah. is, that, is that aladar outruns the um that he sees where the meteorite strikes and then he outruns <laughs> the blast from that which would be <laughs> orders of magnitude bigger than the hiroshima bomb you know <laughs> of times. yikes yeah wow. i mean i i mean so do you think maybe ben it's possible um because i thought you know once that like asteroid or meteorite uh hit Mm. with the dinosaurs is there any chance any of them survive for any oh yeah after? no absolutely because i mean you okay. know, we've got we've got dinosaurs covering the entire world and what the meteorite it's thought it struck off the gulf of mexico it kind of produced that sort of basin where the gulf of mexico is so the dinosaurs in the immediate vicinity like aladar are going to get wiped out <laughs> instantly it's going to be obliterated yeah. but the the, yeah. the reason that dinosaurs went extinct and other creatures didn't is that this big dust cloud kind of goes up and it covers the entire uh, earth blocks out any sort of meaningful light the plants all kind of die out so the big herbivore eating dinosaurs you know the, the, the big brachiosaurus mm. uh type dinosaurs they all go they all die out because there's nothing to yeah. eat and then the dinosaurs that live off those you know the smaller ones the, the velociraptors and so on they all kind of as a result go extinct and the things that survive are what turned into us the little sort of rat-like mammals that are <laughs> you know clinging on and the smaller dinosaurs the smaller some of the smaller dinosaurs must yeah. have survived because they gave rise to birds right things yeah. like sea sharks were around already for millions of years by the crocodiles point. and things yeah crocodiles yeah, yeah. so they, yeah it's not true to say they well, died out i guess my thought was we we love to do a, occasionally a little rewrite of mm. um of the the film as we stage it mm-hmm. <laughs> if if there there might have been like a smaller shower of meteorites days before the the big hit yeah. is there a chance that what aladar escapes is a smaller one and well, the moment the film ends the actual real one hits well, how yeah, bleak Caleb, well, I, how I mean, bleak of you to suggest that <laughs> I don't know. maybe maybe not maybe not these little meteorites but you've got to remember that this is even geologically speaking this is a long time ago and the, the earth was kind of more restless back then there's more kind of volcanic eruptions and stuff so it yeah. might make more sense to have them escaping from a volcanic eruption say than a, yeah yeah okay so 
that might be a good idea and that might be a way of making it slightly easier to stage i don't know what you think of this jake yeah well, yeah i, I kind of like that idea because if we can i i kind of still not quite sure exactly where we're putting this because if we can put our forest inside of some kind of aircraft hangar kind of thing instead of being purely mm. outside and we have control over the floor we can kind of stage a kind of earthquakey thing with the seats like they do in the natural history museum in fact um yeah and uh and have, <laughs> let's uh, just build the natural history museum <laughs> and have and, you know we can release a load of, of kind of smoke that's nice and safe to breathe but it looks kind of yeah. cool um yeah, uh, yeah into the audience and kind of make it seem like something has kind of come up and <laughs> and some kind of light in the distance that yeah that we're far away from but affected by yeah. a geological yeah. event and then we don't could we to... even make like a lava flow happen across the stage area or across the performance space yeah, that sounds doable. I mean, I not mean, actual yeah, I mean, lava, Did you see the Did you see the Olympic <laughs> opening ceremony? Uh, I did. Yeah, so I think everyone the did. Right, twenty twelve. There's there's a point point where they kind of pour molten kind of something oh, yeah, or other, and, it, and yeah, yeah, iron. Yeah. Thank you, and it, it kind of flows along, and it looks very good, and mm. that's that's very doable. Yeah, well, that'd be really cool, yeah, and that would be idea, yeah. early on in the show as well. If we if if the whole thing we're aiming at is this sort of experiential, like uh, immersive theater, then having that huge like load of effects early on in the show would would really draw the audience in and and so therefore sort of caring more about the sort of the story to come, I I suppose. Um and, and also like just making them feel like, wow, I you know, I got my money's worth in the first 15 minutes, like yeah, that's true. I guess actually that's the bit we've kind of skipped is that we start off with um, Aladar as a baby and then we just kind of cut to 20 years later or something. Mm. Um, and it's whether there's some interesting yeah. on, on way on stage of, of doing that transition. Yeah. I, so what I was thinking is we were discussing before, you know, maybe, maybe not having the the dinosaurs as as like puppets and having them in the background. Perhaps Perhaps we could just have the main dinosaurs as puppets it may be more like the yeah. warhorse you know where it's kind of people sort of with the various parts and you could almost have them have different ones coming on different sized aladars yeah kind of growing up the that would be interesting to have them sort of have them sort of running across the stage each Al- alador yeah they do have a sequence yeah. exactly like that they do yeah <laughs> we're really <laughs> we're ripping yeah. off I've not so seen much it, but, <laughs> but that's good that's fine <laughs> But you could though. You could almost make it like yeah. dance, yeah. sort of. Uh, well, and I guess this yeah. is kind of thing of, of trying to reduce the dialogue, having the dinosaurs have no dialogue. Actually having a sort of warhorse type puppet mm. could be really interesting. I quite like the idea, actually, mm. like you say, of of having maybe further in the background, but you know, hidden, like you say, Jake, not having the whole body on show of certain dinosaurs, having them uh, be the ones that are sort of these realistic looking animatronics and then having our main characters the ones that we need to empathize with the ones that need to actually have like proper life breathed into them be these more sort of warhorse style puppets yeah. that are handled by maybe like four or five people at once sure yeah yeah or even if we have the budget the the walking with dinosaurs style puppets yeah um, yeah but yeah we're but we just need, we just need like a hundred yeah. puppeteers for to get through the show because they'll have the crew swapping in and out change every 15 minutes yeah. or we just get like the strongest man in the world <laughs> yeah. so like, like i don't know I, I i don't really have much of a sense of how strong you need to be to be able to lift 40, lift 40 kilos for an hour without for stopping. an hour that you need like... to be quite strong well <laughs> it's, like it, well it's about where that weight is because if that weight was yeah. like spread across your back and like supported you'd probably be okay but i'm getting the impression that this is like pressing down on their shoulders which is when you're going to have some issues it would be like trying mm. to like um it's carrying a small child well not even that small it's half of you again on your back isn't it for the entire <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah 
but again, it depends about how how well that distributed, um, yeah. spread across your yeah. You yeah. Have it, you could you could have um, it on wheels, but no, wheels I, around them, like the guy in the go kart, to try and reduce it. Yeah, mm. yeah, or even on tracks. Tracks, yeah, like yeah. I think yeah. I think I guess we should just settle on what we do is we go to some puppeteers and some animatronic, <laughs> animatronic experts. We go to the war horse people. We'd go to the people, the, the Australian people that did walking with dinosaurs, and, yeah. and we'd um, we'd sit down with them. We'd say, right, here's our budget, three hundred million dollars, <laughs> yeah. and what, what what can you do for us? And, yeah, and can you collaborate <laughs> somehow? Like... Bearing in mind that every what? single six year old in the world will come and see it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Ben Wilson. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just, I love the idea that Ben thinks his childhood represents oh, all childhoods. <laughs> like... we're, we're not going into that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, okay. So I think we we've got an idea of how we're doing the dinosaurs. I quite, you know, using this sort of space, this industrial space, uh, an old hangar with some outdoor area, some not outdoor area. Um, trying to avoid dialogue with the dinosaurs and having these primates that um, are sort of closer to humans that sort of lead the story or, or, or tell us the story through dialogue um, rather and, and keeping the dinosaurs as dinosaurs. I like all of these ideas. I feel like we're, we're, we're coming towards having a, a sort of shape to this thing. Right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Cause, cause now the main chunk of the plot is the kind of road trip portion where we're just kind of seeing the characters move backwards and forwards and we will move that dialogue that's that's necessary for the plot from the dinosaurs to the to the lemurs and try and cut them cut it out as much as possible and see that emotion physically and in the faces of the puppeteers or whatever it is exactly that we end up doing of these kind of old that we have these kind of two old dinosaurs that he cares about and the leader doesn't care about um and you know we're as we say we'll bring in those themes of you know the precariousness of life of of the fact that that is actually how herds work in the animal world if you're at the back you're probably more likely to die um and and ecology and all that kind of stuff and and related to, so to human would, terms would you do so would you would you have him leaving Ema and bailey in for dead then are we making it are we making it more of a like <laughs> with dinosaurs naturalistic kind of thing no are i think i think we can have this Again, I think similar to Warhorse, we can have this kind of like animal that we're treating properly as an animal, but that has mm. these kind of different fish out of water emotions. Okay. That, that yeah, I think have have Aladar still be a, a, this dinosaur that is is more caring, that is wanting to support everyone through the experience, um, rather than being a a. <laughs> I was yeah. gonna say, rather than being a sort of herd immunity modern eugenicist. <laughs> <laughs> That has very specific connotations. Well, right there now. is this kind of weird. There's this weird connotation in the film that that Aladar has these kind of extra emotive abilities because he's grown up around mammals. Yeah, and that the dinosaurs don't naturally have these capabilities. But, but what, what it's 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 nonsense though, isn't it? That because because uh, you know uh, Nera Nera does you know obviously obviously it's not just iguanodons that can have it either because. Uh, Emer the Styracosaurus obviously is more empathetic, yeah, and singers but yeah, it, it, it's interesting that you've got. The I mean, it is the most death I've seen in a Disney film. I think. I mean, none of it's specifically on the screen, but you have, you know, at the very beginning, about a hundred leaders mm. die, mm. and oh, then... before that, you have that little. 
dinosaur at the start that gets mauled. Yeah, yeah, like just fully taken all the down. Eggs other than yeah. his, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the all the eggs other than his get crushed, and then you've got various other dead things along the way. Mm. Yeah, and the only thing is that no named characters die, which I think is like the steadfast Disney rule. Mm. Yeah, no named character may die. Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. No, it's... you're right. It is pretty dark, and I quite like. No, that's not true. That's not true because um, one of them does, doesn't he? Oh, uh, Bru- yeah, Bru- Bru- Bruta. Yeah, he yeah. Dies. yeah. Oh, he does. He gets you're killed. Right. He yeah. does. Uh, but not I... that we really cared about him. Like, <laughs> well, no, does, but he, he gets die. he gets his redemption arc. So you know that is true. He does. Yeah, and but, he's uh, not killed so much as. No, just kind of yeah. from weakness, he dies. <laughs> it's very Malfoy. Well, no, the, ro- the rocks fall on him, don't they? I don't know. That's, yeah, he's saving the um, day. He's saving the day. Well. Oh, and and the brother and the the, the main antagonist. That's true. Yeah, he Crone, dies. Crone, Crone, Crone dies. dies as well. Yeah, but bad yeah, guys can bad die because yeah, the yeah, bad guys is, can is die he, after redeeming themselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Of, that's how they is redeem themselves. Is he the bad themselves. guy though? Is he is he the bad guy in this film? It's, it's got a very interesting bad guy dynamic because you got the you've got the kind of pure evil, which is the Carnotaurus. And then you got the sort of shades of grey through Crone and uh, Bruta, haven't you? Who, yeah. Who, who are less bad. But uh, yeah, and I think, you know, that kind of darkness that this film brings, that element of death and this element of like... Um, pragmatism. Pragmatism and, and, and the idea of like death in survival that comes with that idea of pragmatism would be yeah. interesting to put into a family immersive theatrical experience i think that's quite Mm. different from anything that people would be seeing right now i i mean i imagine the walking with dinosaurs live show they talk about the sort of survival aspects of the dinosaurs but i imagine they probably don't show the death actually happening on stage Mm. um because it's probably just much harder to do with the puppets. Um, but but we've got like 300 million pounds, so we'll, we'll make them do it. So, um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think showing that would be interesting. And I think it would be providing a, a different look at this um, survival issue at, through the like lens of dinosaurs. And I, I think that some of the best family or children um, centered or, you know, aimed at stuff is the stuff that acknowledges darkness and acknowledges death and acknowledges that for children and, and shows them how to see that happen. Yeah, which I mean, it's a difficult thing Disney to do. Disney is just so good at treading that line. You know, you've got yeah. um, uh, the fact that toys are given up in Toy Story. You've got, mm. uh, I mean, uh, Death of Loved Ones in Up. Or is that Disney? That's not Disney, is it? Streamworks. No, it is Disney. That's Pixar, it's isn't it? No, it's Pixar. Pixar yeah. yeah. Um, yeah up um uh, inside out yeah it's about well. wally uh, the environment yeah. like there's that's that's yeah. the line they tread you know yeah um yeah so yeah it's 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 a good no i think it i think it fits it's, it's quite an interesting yeah it's quite an interesting thing to kind of touch on in a children's film isn't it, it, it this kind of thing of blind leadership that can lead you down the wrong path you know and then if you actually yeah yeah and and that the qualities of a a leader can be different like the qualities yeah exactly you know yeah is a different leader yeah Yeah, he's a he's a he's a caring leader where his leadership skills come from the want for everyone to succeed we actually Um, this this film's actually an al gore campaign video (laughs) they never admitted it because it didn't succeed (laughs) 
Prune is yeah. bush. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was like no, this. I, <laughs> this isn't. This isn't on the nose enough. I'm going to have to write something else. And then he wrote the ingredient <laughs> truth. <laughs> I think. I think the idea of what qualities make a leader is something that's very prevalent in societal conversation right now. I mean, you see that. Spe- mm. You know, especially with the, the current pandemic and the conversation around which leaders have handled it well, and specifically like the the countries with female leaders have handled it well. I mean, we've seen with Jacinda Ardern in yeah. New Zealand, and actually, what qualities does someone like Jacinda Ardern bring that's different from Boris Johnson yeah. or Donald <laughs> Trump? You know, and and um, I think it'd be interesting to be, start that conversation happening at a young age through showing these yeah. different shades of leadership and and what they're good for and what they're not. Good Absolutely. For. Um, yeah, I, I think there's there's kind of two settings more that I think are important to discuss. And those are yeah. uh, the valley, the kind of luscious green valley. And before that, the kind of cave that they travel through is a sort of shortcut. And along with that cave, the, the kind of ridge that needs climbing, that means they have to go through the cave instead, that sets up the tension at the end when they get cornered by this, mm. um, by the predator, that they then yeah. all as a herd together kind of roar at and it kind of gets scared and runs away. Whether... Ben, would that have worked? Do you do we know if if a herd stayed together and just kind of looked vaguely menacing? Well, it does work, doesn't it? If you look at um, bison or something, if there's wolves surrounding them, it's the ones that are separated from the herd that get picked off. Because a predator is just as liable to get injured by a bit of horn or a or a claw or something from a you know from a prey animal than as the prey is from the predator, right? And if it gets mm. injured in the natural world, it likelihood is it's going to die. So yeah, if, if they're all kind of stood around facing it and there's no way that it can get in, there's no weak members to pick off, it's not necessarily worth the risk for the predator to attack the herd. Right, yeah. Mm. Unless he's starving, you know. Um, okay, cool. So, so, so uh, we're happy with that makes sense then. And then let's, let's talk about those kind of settings. I don't know, any, any ideas to kick off of, of either of those kind of two or three? I think... The wall, the wall might be a bit hopeful, right? We could maybe have a river or something instead. Yeah, maybe, or even I don't know, because again, if we can get it into this kind of aircraft hangar thing, right? Then I'm thinking, you know, how you can kind of get rock climbing walls that kind of go up the side of the of a wall. So you just kind of get the kind of kind of padding cladding that goes on the side of this wall but but it's on a track so you just basically move the wall inwards and so it goes from being like the outside set dressing that's yeah. just kind of like a proscenium arch kind of thing to becoming part of the middle of the set and i think that might work yeah i mean so i mean if we're saying that we have this absolute control over the area um i think maybe what we could do is is we could build i've also been to a place um where similar they it's an indoor climbing place but they have built like a series of tunnels that look like rock and it looks like you're climbing through it like a twisting tunnels in in a within a rock like cave system and and that's something that we could use perhaps and, and i'm thinking maybe you could have this big wall like you say that comes on that represents that ridge that can't be crossed um but actually like that first moment where they go through, because I kind of thought the film, what it was lacking was actually that final reveal of the nesting ground would be incredible. So what you can have is you can have that moment where they go through the cave and they find the nesting ground, but you can kind of have that happen without us seeing the nesting ground. Like maybe even like they go through this tunnel and leave the stage and then they come back and they're like, we need to tell the others about this or something along those lines. Um, And yeah, some light. Exactly. Yeah. And then at the very end, maybe if we're trying to like, bring this sense of experience to the audience we the audience climbs through like this little cave system and and it takes them outside out of the hangar to an area that is set up as this sort of like oasis or paradise 
What about that proposal to the yeah. council? Oh yeah, can we put this play on? We'll build you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you did you notice I mean, how when they when they go out of the cave and they see it for the first time, it, it is Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, it, exact down to the <laughs> yeah, little lake yeah. in the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we are working on the budget of like the Olympic Stadium here, so I reckon that's. Kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. The budget um, of the film was one hundred twenty-five million dollars, which at the time was quite was a lot it of money. Really? It, it made its money back though. It made three hundred twenty worldwide. So wow, yeah. I had never heard of no, it. No, it was huge incredible. at the time. I mean, I guess we were like what, like one or two. So like, I'm kind of not yeah, that surprised two, yeah. because unless like I was obsessed with dinosaurs as a child, as was my older brother. Ben was obsessed with dinosaurs as a child. It, it and it still is. It makes sense that we would be the ones that have heard of it. Like <laughs> I think it was big. Yeah, it was yeah, big. It was. I I remember it being big, and we yeah. we had it on DVD, and we watched it quite a yeah. lot um so yeah uh, but yeah so i mean we we're probably gonna end up working with a bigger budget than the actual film but but like yeah. said, every six-year-old in the world is going to come and watch this exactly. and, and they're going to be there yeah. to climb through that well, little tunnel and see the nature reserve yeah yeah i mean so yeah so talking of this like climbing through because the thing we haven't really mentioned is is these there are these huge theaters in germany that have like eight levels underneath mm. the stage and if we do have this complete control we can use that as well as well as those kind of side things yeah. we talked about and these we can bring these tunnels from up from underneath and down and and that kind of stuff to kind of create that real sense mm. of movement yeah. as well yeah. you know what? We, instead of building an entire nature reserve we don't even need to do that we have them go into a kind of not as not a zoo but like an area where there is animals that have kind of derived from the dinosaurs so you got your chickens okay. you got your crocodiles all that kind so, of stuff so so we're taking what we're doing <laughs> sorry imagine you just finished this finish this dinosaur it's, it's where they are now and you right? come out and there's i know but there's just a bunch of chickens <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a sad truth that every six-year-old has to face is that yeah. that great big t-rex all that's left of that Oh, you know what? Nuggets. This is a double bill with <laughs> chicken run. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, we Ben, we did we did chicken run last Caleb week, or oh, hopefully yeah, this, yeah. this will be the episode yeah. after chicken run. So we've worked it oh, out. We've per- sussed it. It's, it's perfect. The same so yeah, sense. you climb through the tunnel. You're in a farmyard, and suddenly you sit down. You're watching. You're watching <laughs> chicken run. <laughs> That that is some emotional <laughs> heft of an afternoon. Those are both quite dark animations, as we talked about last week as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, okay. I like, I, I do like Ben's idea though, actually, of actually what you're ending with is that they they're like, come on, follow us through. This is the nesting ground, and then what the the children and families that are see, what they're seeing is actually, oh, this is where the, the dinosaurs' legacy. This is what they've left behind. Mm. They are chickens and, and crocodiles and things like that um yeah so really what we need to do is we need to go to longley and we need to say hey <laughs> you know how you have that massive house uh, can we use like half of it or yeah. like or do you have an old like uh hanger just lying about that you've not used for anything recently <laughs> Or two next to each other. I genuinely think this becomes way more sustainable when it's chicken yeah, run as well. Yeah, yeah. Like when it's when it's on the same site, and it, like because we would end chicken run in the same place. We we described last week almost exactly. Yeah, the same we did. Thing we actually did. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's you know what? <laughs> Suddenly it's yeah. doable. All we need is twenty five million dollars. <laughs> um. No, but I mean, I love this. And I think, I mean, for me, that kind of wraps up. There's obviously issues in there that we would need to fix. Um, but I think that that pretty much sums up what we would be aiming at, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think a good thing about this film is it doesn't skip time very much. And you don't have to worry about yeah, that. Yeah, which can be difficult. Yeah. Um, ben, there is one thing. I just feel as though I, I worry you didn't get 
to say enough dinosaur facts. So okay. do you have maybe like three of your favorites you could just hit us with now? This could be this can be instead of our recommendation section. You'll we'll, sure, we'll just have sure. you give us uh, three dinosaur well, facts. I think one character we've overlooked is the uh the little Ankylosaurus dog dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, who for some reason can't speak while all the other dinosaurs can. <laughs> but uh It's just a dog. It's, it's just because they want a dog. It's, a dog. Yeah. It's, it's like Snoopy it's like Snoopy and Goofy, isn't it? One of them can speak, one of them can't. Yeah. But uh Ankylosaurus is actually my favourite dinosaur. Uh, oh. and that's because it, it's just such a bizarre thing to have evolved. It's, it's it's an animal which is covered in essentially, you know, like tank armor all the way down to its uh, eyelids, which I think is quite interesting. It's got armored wow. armored eyelids. That's crazy. It has. Is it is it the pre-runner of a turtle? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's you know much like it, all the rest of the sort of large um, plant-eating dinosaurs just died out at the end of the uh, extinction. Right. Yeah. Period. Kind of a fun, yeah, yeah. a fun recent dinosaur fact that I found out is that all of these dinosaurs that we think are separate species. So, so, so take Triceratops for instance. We've got Triceratops, and then there's the smaller Microceratops. Mm. And scientists, you know, I was watching a, a TED talk about this, and the guy said scientists love to name things, and uh, you can see it's true because you look at these these dinosaurs, and much like birds, birds as they age, the kind of shape of their skulls and sort of frills on their skulls and stuff change shape. Mm as they get older and you look at these two different dinosaurs and you can see how one might have you know changed into the other and this guy he went and he sawed the bones of these different dinosaurs and found that the smaller dinosaurs have bones that are still growing and the bigger dinosaurs have bones that aren't growing so rather than being microceratops and triceratops in actual fact they are almost certainly just uh, little triceratops and big triceratops yeah <laughs> amazing so just babies, just babies. Yeah, that's. I like that though. That's wow. just scientists love to name things. So it's it's, it's absolutely wow. true. Yeah. 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 Nice. Oh. Um, Rule of three. Do we have a third? Do we have a third? Then? <laughs> Another one. Uh, put me on the spot. As uh, as a third, I can give I can give a little rack because I want to give a little rack. Okay. My little rack. My little recommendation is my absolute favorite youtube channel at the moment is corridor crew and mm. basically what they do is they do lots of different stuff actually but one of the things they do is every week they sit on a sofa and they watch films and they talk about the cgi in them and not in like a way where they're like oh that was good or that's bad and they do do a bit of that but they talk in like great detail about exactly why your eye isn't or is convinced by something mm. and about what's changed over the years and they go through loads of different films short films feature films tv programs um, I don't think they've actually done this film. I tried to find it. Um, but if you're interested at all in how the CGI has developed from this film, how it looks in this film, mm. that that YouTube channel is just incredible. Oh, cool. I binge it all the time. So that's my recommendation. Mm, yeah. Nice. Um, I can give you one more. Please, yeah. Me. Go all for right. it. The other kind of group of dinosaurs, well, they're not actually dinosaurs. This is a common misconception, which is what I'd like to go into a little bit. <laughs> we, were talking about the, we were talking about the pteranodons before. Yeah. Pterosaurs. They're, they're, they're actually... A distinct species from dinosaurs flying lizards and they were the first uh kind of backboned animals other than the sort of dragonflies and stuff that actually flew around and some of them could be absolutely enormous so i mentioned earlier ornithochirus which people think was 12 meters in length oh wow wingspan, yeah uh, wow. which is like you know oh my word <laughs> <And then laughs> it's the biggest things that have ever flown you know yeah and they're not not even dinosaurs yeah. 
Wow. I mean, okay, that feels like a great fact to end on. Um, sure. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Ben. Uh, <laughs> no problem. I've had, I've had a great time. I really, yeah, I, I enjoyed going back to revisit this film. Mm. Um, so, uh, Ben, if people wanted to find you online, where could mm. they find you? Uh, wait for my TED Talks to come out, I reckon. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, there'll be a series in no time at all, I'm sure, <laughs> about my, my interesting dinosaur facts. Uh, with all the other cool stuff already on there, which you should check out about dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> especially when you uh, now you've graduated with your degree in... Oh, in wait, me- medicine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, there's similarities between dinosaurs and people. Yeah, like one. Uh, well, Name one. <laughs> they... <laughs> will both soon be extinct <laughs> okay. excellent um, and on that note Caleb where can people find you online I, I'm on uh, Twitter Instagram and Letterboxd at K- Caleb Lebster it's uh, C-A-L-E-B-L-E-B-S-T-E-R and Jake where can people find you online I am on Twitter and Letterboxd at Jake Reesh that's J-A-K-E-R-E-E sh and we are maybe lucky productions and this is the maybe you like it podcast you can find us on twitter and and instagram at maybe you like it with the letter u and on facebook at maybe you like it productions that's with the word u or you can visit our website at www.maybeyoulikeit.co.uk or you can drop us an email at info at maybe you like it.co.uk and if you enjoyed this then please do leave us a review wherever it is you find your podcasts and tell all your friends about it too um and about Ben's amazing dinosaur facts that you can now share with everyone and pretend you are you too are Ross with from friends with better hair. <laughs> Otherwise, maybe you like that, maybe you didn't. Whoa. That was a Maybe You Like It production. Maybe you liked it. Maybe you didn't.